Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC Live here on ESPN Plus. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Stevie Nickel. Later on in the show, we'll be going to Qatar to get all the latest ahead of the World Cup final. But of course, before that, it is the third, fourth place playoff. Croatia taking on Morocco. Croatia going into this tie as favourites. Does anyone care, though? Uh, Rege, the Monaco coach, uh, speaking ahead of the clash, had this to say uh, about the tie. Uh, we wanted to be in the final on Sunday, not tomorrow. That said, let's be positive about it. What I've said to my players as well, this will be the seventh World Cup game we're playing. It is the 16th of December today. And if you could have asked each Moroccan if we would still be playing in the World Cup in Doha on the 17th of December, I think they would have been proud and happy to even allow themselves to believe that this could be a reality. Well, for more on this, uh, let's welcome in Shaka Hislop. And we also welcome to the show Anwar Amrani, who is ESPN's African football uh, writer. Um, Anwar, do Morocco care about this game? I think, uh, I think they do, because it's still third place. They can still write history. Uh, they are already the first African team in the semifinals. They can be the first African team that will end uh, third if they win uh, they beat Croatia tomorrow. So I, even though the coach says, you know, I'd rather go home and uh, and celebrate uh, what we've done, uh, I think they want to play tomorrow and, and, and show the world that what what they what they can and what they can do against Croatia. Because uh, I've seen uh, matches in the past for the third and fourth place. Most teams don't care, but I think Morocco will care and they will show tomorrow that they uh, that they had a wonderful tournament so far. Shaka, I know you spend a lot of the time during the day resting ahead of your appearance on this show, but when you do venture out, when you speak mm -hmm. to Moroccan fans, how do they feel about this tie? Uh, listen, Dan, I, I think given the extensive discussions of having many Moroccan fans during the course of the day, I, I, I understand exactly what Anwar is saying. I, I think it's a game that it's not really going to um, move the needle that much, but given that, that Morocco, first African team in the semi-finals, and uh, as a result, first African team to be playing at this stage of, of the competition, I think that it's a little bit more for them than, than it is for Croatia. I especially hark back to the end of the, of the semi-final against France. They, they were beaten, and the Moroccan fans all stood. This is in injury time with a couple of minutes to go applauding the team for what they've been able to accomplish here in, in Qatar. Uh, it was applause of appreciation. And I think this third place game, while you're right, for the neutral doesn't really hold much gravitas to it. I think for Morocco, for their fans, it's about an appreciation of exactly what they've been able to achieve over the last few weeks. Makes sense. The only way Moroccan fans have been talking to him is if they kicked his door in his apartment. <laughs> And woke him up and, and woke him up from his, from his deep sleep and said, What do you think about tomorrow? And he goes, Son of, I'm sleeping. I'm actually really looking forward to this. Now, I'm not being sarcastic, but I'm in a way. I forgot this game was on. Right. And I, honestly, I did. I, I just I forgot. I was thinking about Sunday in the World Cup final. I forgot this game was on. And there's no golf because it's freezing here in CT. Yeah. Uh, I can't Ooh, CT. I, I can't Connecticut. All right, America. I can't take the dogs out for a walk because the snow's all melting. It's a right so mess. No choice. And I've got absolutely nothing. <laughs> my wife and my daughter are away. I've got nothing to do tomorrow. Right. I'm sat at home and I think, what am I going to do? There you go. This is it now. But I do. So at least I've got something. Good. I well, we're pleased for you. Well, that's, I'm, I'm pleased for me. <laughs> I got 
I do think there is a little bit more on the plate um, on, on offer here from Morocco. Right. Croatia have been to a World Cup final uh, four years ago. They've got a lot of players that are playing and are playing, have played and are playing for some of the big clubs. I kind of feel they'll be demotivated a little bit. I might be wrong. And Morocco have had such a wonderful tournament. Yeah. And their fans have been outstanding and they've enjoyed it. I think to finish third at a World Cup, if they do it, that's an unbelievable achievement. Uh, Anwar, it's been an incredible run, obviously, for Morocco. And what's incredible as well is that it seems like the whole continent of Africa has been cheering them on. It's just not just only the continent of Africa, the Arab world also. And you see a lot of Moroccans living in Europe uh, celebrating. It's, 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 it's really a world celebration what uh, Morocco has achieved because uh, there are living Moroccans all over the world. And uh, let me get back to this game. I think uh, Wally Regregi is going to give a lot of uh, young players that didn't uh, play in the tournament because he used a lot of same players uh, during the whole course of the tournament. I think he's going to give some new, new fresh faces uh, the chance to, uh, to show themselves to the world uh, in a match against Croatia, I think. Uh, Anwar, of the players that have featured so far, so many have shone, of course. Who has been the star for Morocco? Who's been kind of the, the pin-up player? I think it was Sofian Amrabat. What Sofian Amrabat has achieved uh, during the tournament is just, uh, is just amazing. He's like, uh, I compare him with a magnet. As soon as someone has the ball, Sofian Amrabat is next to him. Uh, he, he looks like N'Golo Kante, uh, Yaya Toure, those typical players. And uh, the thing is, he's, he's been playing like this in the, the whole season with Fiorentina. And uh, there was some interest from English teams and still are. So I think uh, he is one of the standout players. And the other name I can, I can mention is uh, Unai. Nobody heard of him before the tournament. Uh, he plays for, uh, at Angers. Uh, I think they're lost in, 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 in the French league. He's a very interesting player as well. Just 22 years old. Uh, I think any team can, can use this, uh, this type of player, I think. Yeah, looking at him, his options, do you think, are going to be bigger now because of the World Cup with, with bigger clubs coming in and being interested in him? Definitely, definitely. Uh, you, you read and you hear a lot of rumours, but he's, he's a th the kind of player that I think uh, fits perfectly in the Spanish league. Whatever top three, top four teams uh, can use a player like him. He has that, that uh, slick uh, midfield uh, tactics. Uh, he can move the ball, he can uh, recover the ball, he can pass the ball. You know, he's a unique talent. And the thing is, he was born in Morocco. He, he went to the Mohammed VI Academy. Uh, like in a series, like uh, Naif Aguert. Uh, so the academy is also uh, shown that uh, they can bring up very big players. Uh, obviously, defensively, they were so impressive throughout the whole tournament uh, with the goalkeeper shining as well. Yeah, Yassin Bounou has been a, a tremendous in, in this tournament. Uh, he already uh, shown himself that he's a penalty killer uh, when he's playing at Sevilla. Uh, I remember stopping two penalties in the Champions League uh, in the game against Leipzig, and he's shown himself again uh, in, in Spain. That's just a penalty shootout, but also in the in the 90 minutes, in the 120 minutes against Spain, he's he's a tremendous goalkeeper, tremendous line goalkeeper, with great ref reflexes, uh, good size. Uh, and the thing is, every time he stops the ball, he smiles. He he enjoys it. He's, <laughs> he's been enjoying this entire World Cup. So I really like uh, how he's been he's been showing himself to the world. Does it make a difference, Stevie? Let's say for someone like Zayek, who of course has been superb as well, mm. hasn't really had too much of a chance at Chelsea. Does a good performance in the World Cup change? Like, does Potter go, oh, you know, actually he's all right? 
I, I would suggest that he probably knows everything about his eyes that right. he needs to know. And it'll, it'll be more about, will, will he in particular fit into what Potter wants to do at Chelsea as mm. opposed to what he's done with Morocco? You know, players like him, the club's not going to change the way they play to suit one person. So you'd have to say that, really, it's just, it's an individual thing for Zayic, the World Cup, because it's not going to change anything at his club. I, I wouldn't think so, no. Look, Potter went into it, well, Potter finished before this World Cup under, under a fair bit of pressure. Yeah. So he starts under a fair bit of pressure, transfer window coming up. Uh, if Zayic is the man uh, to help him out, he's the man. If, if he has to play the kit man to get him a result, that's what it is. He's, he's in that position at the moment where... Chelsea fans are asking him asking questions. The media are starting to ask him questions. Hell knows what Todd Bowley and his cronies are thinking. So Graham Potter just needs to get result. You can throw Pulisic in that as well, who has been a bit part player, had a decent World Cup. So it, I, I don't think it will change his mind, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all going to be down to results. It probably doesn't help Potter the fact that Zayis hadn't really played that much. Right. And he comes and does and does so well because fans will just fans won't think about how does he play for Chelsea they just see hold on a second why can't Potter get the best out of Zayic the way that the Moroccan yeah. manager does so that that probably doesn't help Potter is it a point of frustration for Moroccan fans knowing what Zayic can do but see him have very limited chances at Chelsea Anwar Definitely, definitely. And I, I think with him, uh, uh, he's, he's a type of player he needs to trust from, a, from his coach. We've seen it at Ajax. It took him a while before he got the trust of Ten Hag. And uh, same goes with his previous teams. And with, even with Morocco, you know, he had feuds, feuds with his previous coach who didn't call him up. He's the type of player we, you, you have to use him uh, in a free role. And not a lot of coaches give those uh, players uh, that kind of role. And at Chelsea, they play a different system as they do at Morocco, where you see him as a right winger. At, at, at Chelsea, he mostly used, was used, I think, at number 10. But if you put him in the, on that in the right wing, he can be very valuable. And for me, I, if I was him, I, I would go to, to a club and maybe even to, to, to a trainer like Ten Hag, who, who knows him. Uh, we can use him and it can give him the trust where he can play like he is playing right now at Morocco. So, Amar, what happens now with the players? Is there plans for everyone to go back to Morocco? Because I imagine it'll be a hero's reception if they do. The, uh, the, the, the plan is that they will go back and get a huge celebration. Uh, what I've heard that they will go to the king, uh, they will be honoured by the king of Morocco, who has been celebrating, by the way, also after, the, after they beat in Spain. In the quarterfinals, he went on the street with a car and celebrating with his people. And I think that they will be honoured in a good way. And I think it's going to be crazy in Morocco once they arrive there. Oh, it's like Trinidad and Tobago when you went in 2006, Shaq. That sort of reception. I don't know what you're talking about, Dan. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> Well, they did have a reception, but they had to wake him up. <laughs> that was it. Did, 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 he missed did, it. Did England get up? Sorry? When England went back, did they go and see the king? Uh, I don't think so, no. Uh, I wonder why. <laughs> because we, did, we, we didn't exceed expectations like Morocco. <laughs> Bring that up. Uh, Shaq, you go into the game tomorrow because, of course, it could, in theory, be, be Luka Modric's last World Cup match. Yeah, in theory, I'll be surprised if, if, if he starts or how much, how much action he actually sees. I think between the two, Croatia will make a lot of changes. As, as we said, this game means a whole lot more 
to, to Morocco than it probably does to Croatia. Regardless of whether Luka Modric plays tomorrow or not, um, what we've seen from Luka Modric during the course of the knockout phase, in particular of this tournament, really has been outstanding. We've He's been lauded as one of the best midfielders in world football for quite some time. And I, I, I think he's only enhances his, his career or that reputation even more. Because at, at his age, the way he controlled the Croatian midfield, the performance against Brazil in particular stands out for me. It, it again kind of highlights how good a player, how good a player he has been. And I, I, I'm not sure that he needs uh, a, a final bow, so to speak, for, for Croatia to, tomorrow. Mm. If you're in that situation, oh, Jan's here, he's late. Stuck on a, he was stuck on a plane in the snow. Uh, yeah. Jan Argafjortov uh, <laughs> joins us. Uh, Jan, from a Croatian point of view, it's going to be tough, isn't it, to get yourself up for this game on Saturday? It will, but still they have the mentality. They've shown that through all the World Cup. They have a fantastic mentality in that team. So I, I expect them to, to make a very competitive game tomorrow. And as Shaka was talking about Modric, I mean, this will be maybe, or apparently, his last dance. So I, I hope and expect him to play and the energy he got. And I'm saying I'm traveling through Europe now with no energy, a lot of snow. If you put a cable on him, we will have energy all over Europe. So I hope he'll be, <laughs> be on tomorrow. <laughs> ah, that's a nice analogy, Anne. Oh, I love how in this show people just pop up. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? It's unexpected. I was looking at the screen and this big Norwegian just yeah, there's Jan, he's there. <laughs> uh, uh, Anne, well, before I let you go, who do Morocco want to win on Sunday? Sorry? Who do they want to win the final? Are they France or Argentina? I think France. They still have the connection, Mbappé, Hakimi, friendship. I think they, they hope they are rooting for France, I think. Uh, Anwar, great stuff. Thank you very much. Cheers, Jan. Thank you for joining us as well. Uh, just a reminder, we'll be back uh, to reflect on that tie between Croatia and Morocco tomorrow. Plus, look ahead to the World Cup final. We mentioned a number of Moroccan players, of course, who will be heavily linked for moves in the January transfer window. That opens soon, of course. And to keep up to date with all the latest, be sure to go over to the website. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. 
Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Well, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Sunday then sees the final, and the bookies cannot separate Argentina and France. It is 50-50. It is quite literally as close as that. For more, let's go, shall we, to Doha and look ahead to the final. Thank you very much, Dan. It's always a pleasure to be joined by Julian Laurent, and a special treat for us here on ESPN FC. First time welcoming Morena Beltran of ESPN Argentina to the set. Uh, bienvenida, I feel like I should be sitting between you because things were already getting fiery before we even, you know, started the segment. You started. No, he what, started. What? You, you did start it, Julie, yeah. to started. be fair. No, no, I was here so peaceful, <laughs> not so nervous, and you start. Yeah, yep. <laughs> classic Jules. Uh, Jules, we do have to start with you uh, because a couple days ago you and I talked about this bug that was going around the French team. It didn't seem that bad at the yeah. time. Now every time I open Twitter, it's like another name has caught something. What's the latest? Yeah, the latest is that Rafael Varane had to stay in his room Oof. today, uh, that Ibrahim Alconate had to stay in his room as well, that they kept them apart from everybody else. They did a bit of gym work, but on their own, separately. Uh, Chouameni has a hip problem, and Theo has a knee problem. Mm. But we're gonna still going to win. Oh, mira la confianza. Such a confidence. What about uh, Rabio? Is he trending? Rabio is good now. Okay, Upamecano is good. So, and Coman is the one that is, looks better, but they're not sure about it. They think Varane should be but okay. But it's not COVID. No, it's not COVID. It's just, I think, the, the flu and the, the chest is like quite... And the air conditioning, which I think yeah, uh, has been bothering yeah, all of us. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of the tournament for Argentina, because I think a lot of people had Argentina as a favorite coming in. Then they lose that game to oh. Saudi Arabia. How did that impact not just this team, per se, but also maybe the fans and the media? Because I remember some very tense moments uh, yeah, across the way here on ESPN Argentina after that game. <laughs> yes, of course. I think the... The reaction was like uh, more. Uh, we were more impact than than anger or disillusioned. We were like uh, we couldn't believe what, what was happening because we were so confident. But the confidence uh, it was there, was on the team, and I think Argentina. Uh, after that match, had to place finals every game, every game because we have to uh, make the three points, and then, uh, of course, uh, at the playoff try to win to 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 go to the next stage. Uh, but I think we never lose the confidence on on this team, and I think they uh, inside they believe in this. They they believe in this. I think they didn't expect that. Uh, what happened with with uh, South Arabia? But I think that it was like a hit, but on time, mm. right? Uh, maybe if, if you want to lose in, yep. in some time on, on the World Cup, it's on the first match. Yeah, felt like maybe a, a wake-up call there. Let's yeah. talk about what we think about the crowd on Sunday. We've seen some big crowds for Argentina, a lot yeah. of people from Argentina, a lot of people from other parts of the world. What kind of you know, percentage do you think the stadium no, will be? It's incredible. I, I was walking uh, around the deck, and where where there's like the FIFA ticketing, mm -hmm. and there was like a, a huge or a crowd of of Argentinian uh, fans because uh, they don't have tickets. There are a lot of fans that came only for this match, mm. and maybe they don't have tickets. Maybe they go to the resale. Yep. They say you say, and it's like at ten thousand yep. dollars, eight thousand. I'm looking. I'm looking for some tickets, so oh, yeah. I know it's very expensive. Oh my God! Yeah. It's, it's very I'll expensive. It's okay. Yeah, I know you're no, big time. Yeah, yeah, but I think. Uh, <laughs> They, we're expecting uh, 50,000. Wow, okay. What do, what do you think in terms of like France fans? We just haven't seen a ton. 
um, you know, Morocco, everybody that they play, they're 90 to 10. Yeah. But what do you think we'll see on Sunday in terms of the French 5, fan 5,000 is the number I've been given, wow. which, is, which is not much. But funnily enough, people are watching on television. It's the highest numbers in terms of viewing figures and all of that. But no one has come over. And I don't know if maybe the cost, I don't know if the fact that you, it was hard to get tickets. Yep. I, I don't know, but... People could have come like the Argentines and not having to get and trying to sort something out once here, but it was clearly not the case. You definitely get the sense, right, that the neutral fan here is very much pro-Argentina, right? Yeah. I'm not just making that up. No, no, and I think I think I can understand it completely yeah. because it's Leo's last ever World Cup match. Everybody wants him to win a World Cup. I completely get it. It would be an incredible end of it would be a fairy tale ending for him, <laughs> and he's the greatest of all time. So of course, if he wins it, it's special. I think even the French. We would be sad if we don't win on Sunday, but in a way we would be happy for him and for oh, Argentina. Wow. That's incredible. Don't worry, we're still going to win, but you know, like, I'm just saying. I mean, to that point, though, France is kind of accustomed to, at least if we look back at the semifinal, playing effectively an away match, right? It won't bother them if it's full of Argentina fans. No, and I think they, they used to, those, those players play the Champions League home and away. The right. away games are very hostile, usually. They're used to it. It didn't bother them against Morocco. I think Sunday would be an extra, an extra level, even more because I've covered a few of the Argentine games and even Morocco could not get near the atmosphere that we've seen at the Argentina games. So, but I, I think it will, it, will help, it will help more Argentina than it will be a problem for the French. Let's put it yeah, I think, I think maybe uh, also a lot of uh, people that are local are, mm. are going to, uh, to the stadium, so maybe that difficult, the, the tickets, right? To yeah. get tickets. So I, I think that could uh, be like an, a, a difficult or a problem to, to the fans that, that want to come. I feel like ever since Messi put on an Argentina shirt, there's been a non-stop comparison to Diego Maradona. Ah, oh, of course. If Argentina wins on Sunday and Messi finally gets his World Cup, how does that change that conversation, that discussion? Uh, I don't think that that, that would have a, exist a conversation on that, right? I think that uh, we have the, the, how do you say, privilegio. The privilege, privilege, yeah. The privilege, like we have the privilege to have the, for me, like the 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 two best players on the history of this sport. So I think we have to enjoy it. I think it's it's also a a, a point of age, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I I enjoy all uh, Leo's career. I, I of course, uh, watch videos about Diego, but I'm 23, so I, for me, Messi is, is God. <laughs> but, uh, of course, I, I, I feel uh, very grateful and identify with, with Diego, Diego Armando Maradona because he was a, a leader outside the pitch too. So I think he has something like in his spirit that is very diff different to Leo, but they all uh, have uh, that personality that makes them idols. Are we yeah. seeing a little bit of that personality though now from Messi uh, in this tournament? It feels yeah. like it at least. Yeah, yeah it feels like it, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Leo always have, uh, I, I think, know that personality that he always speaks on the pitch. But now I think it's in both sides. And I, I think he understood that uh, maybe that would uh, encourage in other way uh, to the partners, the people. So I think like uh, it's it's like a uh, combo. Like, yeah, it's a combo. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, that's if Argentina wins. If France wins, where does that leave Kylian Mbappe, even though he hasn't turned 24 yet, in terms of the discussion for greatest wow. French players of all time? Yeah, I think he will already invite himself in that conversation because his birthday is two days after the final. It's Tuesday. 
And if, oh. if he gets that second World Cup at 23, like the second youngest after Pelé, of course, it would be a very special moment. I think it would validate the fact that France, who've reached four finals in the last seven World Cups, as the greatest nations in international football, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's a second World Cup win. And for Kylian, I mean, this is, this is the stage that he wanted from day one. When Karim Benzema went home, Kylian said, OK, I'm going to step up and this is going to be my team and my World Cup. And he's done really, really well in some games. Some others have been more difficult. And the final is against Leo, he's against his PhD teammate as well. And for him, this means a lot. And now we will, we will have to see what he does on the pitch. Would he be number one? Would he overtake Latini, Zidane, whoever is at the, the top of that mountain for you? We will have to wait a little bit. Okay. But he I mean, what just, more could he do? But, but what I mean by that is that he, he would not need much more okay. to, or to, be, to be the greatest French player that we've ever seen. And I think even if he doesn't win on Sunday, he will get there eventually yeah. at some point. I think it's a matter of time, right? Yeah, Maybe sometimes time uh, makes like you see things in other way. Uh, so maybe Mbappe yeah, is now making history, so some people can enjoy it at all. It's what it, it what happened with with Leo also. No, with my case because I always enjoyed him and respect him, and he, I I I think he he is and he was the best of the world uh, always. But some people like they they couldn't he couldn't validate that yeah. with with some people. Do you understand yeah, yeah, what I'm saying? Really. I think maybe with Mbappe. Uh, would yeah. happen the same yeah, because people is like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned four finals in the last seven World Cups. So basically, since it becomes a 32-team tournament, France has pretty clearly been the best. What's at the root of that? And is it something that can be maintained moving forward? Yeah, you made fun of me before the show saying, well, 94, France were not there yet. We didn't qualify. There was a period where things yeah. were difficult, even in 2010 when we imploded in South Africa. But I think 98 and that win in France changed everything. The winning mentality, that generation, the Zidane generation, which was a very good generation. Oh. I think then transmitted that kind of winning culture to the next generation. And Deschamps is the thread of yeah. all of that, really. And, and to see how they play now. And I wrote on the website after the semi-final, they don't do anything amazing. They don't play amazing football, but they don't do anything wrong. And I think this is how you win World Cups as well. And Leo can have an amazing game Sunday and Argentina can play great football. And then there will be one set piece, we score and we solid and that's it. And I think we saw Vincent Company before flying here with Gab. And Company said it's not always the best team that wins the World Cup. And he was 100% right. Escaloni said the same. Yeah, and it's just, just doing the right things at the right time and not doing anything wrong. No silly mistake, not, not a red card, that kind of stuff. And that's how we've been so good for the last 25 years. All right, I'm, uh, I'm told it's time to get some predictions. I think we can wait on yours. We tried to get one from Pablo Savaleta the other day. He said, no, I'm not going to do a prediction. I'm not going <laughs> to do a prediction. What? Come on, no. Marty, you got to give us something from the no Argentine way. perspective. No let, me, let me put it to you this way then. <laughs> no uh, way. How, was, how are the fans feeling? Do they see Argentina as the favorite? I think we are uh, really uh, caution about that. Cautious. Yeah. Nobody wants to say they're no. the favorites. Come on. Yeah. Can I say, I was surprised when I saw both the, the computers and the odds makers did have Argentina as a as ever so slight favorite. I thought it would of be course, the other way Of course, it's for like France. Messi's team and they have the whole stadium will be behind them. Of course they're favorite. Really? Yeah, your favorite. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be, oh, I think it would be like a, a really tight match. Yeah. I think that oh, it's, Most a, finals. it's a final, right? Yeah. Uh, it would be like, like, like that. But I think um, Argentina uh, has a very strength, uh, strength mm -hmm. on the, on the, 
on the teamwork. I think it's a, it's a very complete team, but it's football. I think uh, Argentina has solved every match very well, but I'm really conscious that uh, these matches are solved in the areas. Yeah. So if you have a, that, that detail on you, you will win the, the, the match. I think France has a really good strength on the on the no, areas, really, really, really. But I don't know. Well, the, you, you, you maybe hear us. We don't say like we don't say the word. Yes. We haven't said the word. Yeah, you don't want to jinx it. No, you don't, you yeah. don't have a, a bad luck. We, okay. we say if, if the good things happen. Right. All right, so it's not a <laughs> prediction, but it's cautious confidence, yeah. uh, maybe from what Enemy has done. Mona, great yeah, to have yeah, you with yeah. us here on ESPN. I see Jules. You don't want my, no, you don't want my prediction. Always a pleasure. I, I was told we're going to wait okay. for your prediction. Is that right? You already say that. Oh, go ahead. Give your prediction. Um, so before the England game, I said England would win just to jinx them, which worked. I can't do that to my Argentinian right. friends. What's really, right. so really near to it. France are going to win 2-1. Kylian's going to score two goals and, you know, this is it. We're going to crush the party. Cautious optimism. Overwhelming confidence. Always. I'm French. Uh, Always. I'm from Paris. There you go. Morena Viltran, <laughs> Julien Laurent. Dan, we send it back to you. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thank you very much, guys. The rest of us are getting off the fence. Take a look at this. It's a mixed bag as to who is going to win it, according to our pundits. Argentina very much in the majority. In fact, it's just Jules Craig and myself who's going for a France victory. Uh, all of us saying 2-1. What have you said, Stevie? Argentina wins. Draw, uh, on share the share the <laughs> the Argentina to win on penalties. Yeah. Well, just a reminder, Shaka called this final. He got the semi-final lineup wrong, but he did say it would be Argentina against France. But then he completely and utterly lost all respect when Argentina lost that opening game against Saudi Arabia and changed his mind yeah, and sure said it, it would be count. Brazil who go all the way. So that yeah. then makes his prediction uh, null and void uh, completely. Uh, uh, Jan, what's going to happen on Sunday? No, no, it doesn't. Shaka <laughs> <laughs> is my well press you, contact. Well, I think what will happen, I think that everybody, the whole world, the whole neutral world, they are looking for this Hollywood script. And in the last stage here, this, this guy called Messi will be riding into the sunset with his trophy. 
But I'm not I'm not 100% sure, of course, that will happen. You saw my tip, as, as Stevie, I said, uh, after penalty, because I can't I can't see any way that Loris will win a, a, a penalty shootout for France. It reminds me a bit of Peter Shilton back in 1990, being in the right corner all the time, we could never catch a ball. So uh, I'm not sure of that. But as, as I am thinking, I'm, I'm calling me a bit old-fashioned, but I'm going to see the Argentinian defenders with the lack of height and so on, uh, I can feel that set pieces will be very decisive on on Sunday. But as you said, uh, Dan, I mean, it's very, very tight, that game. Why do you hate Hugo Lloris, Jan? I'm not, I, I just, I don't think he's a match winner. I think we've seen at the World Cup. He's been brilliant I, be this tournament. To, and that was my next sentence. I think he's played well at this World Cup but I still don't see him as, as a match winner. And we've seen don't a lot of keepers being match winner at this World no. Cup. So there is always, there is always some mistakes left him in. Wow. Shaka, yeah. is that harsh? Um, in, in a sense, yes. But, but four years ago, Hugo Lloris did make that rather big mistake in, in the final, albeit it was a France were already comfortable and, and cruising. But truth be told, I, I think he's been simply outstanding this tournament, as has Emiliano Martinez saying that. Um, but despite Yogoris's history, uh, you, you can't fault what we've seen from him so far this tournament. Are you going to the game Sunday, Shaq, or are you riding camels or excursion? What are you doing? <laughs> Sunday, bothering? Well, well I, I plan to... I plan to go to the game, but then Morena just said, what, 10 grand a ticket? I'm, I'm giving it some second thoughts. I might uh, sell careful, the ticket. Careful, careful, Shaq. We've seen people get burnt with that in the past. I'm just wondering. I just hope his tourist <laughs> visa doesn't run that's, out Saturday that's, night. That's right. <laughs> he has got a little rick in him, though, but we haven't really seen it in this tournament. No. He's made a lot of good saves. He sort of slightly worries me on some of the cross balls. He gets right. caught. He's got cut under a couple. He's missed the flight, and he's got away with it. In all fairness, I think a lot of the saves that he's made that have been described in commentary as brilliant saves are, are saves you'd expect him to make. Right, OK. I mean, even the one against England, was it the Bellingham? The Bellingham ball? one where he tipped over the bar. It was a good save, but it wasn't... wasn't are this the last time you're on before the final? Anything you'd like to say? Uh, no. No? No? No details? <laughs> <laughs> you're going for a France win? I was on yesterday. France win in 90 before. minutes? I, I am, yeah. Uh, I think there's going to. I hope there's going to be lots of goals. I know you always think finals are boring. Yes. Well, examples of the past have shown us. This World Cup, don't you feel it's just different? I just feel it's yeah. different. I don't know. It's weird seeing you being optimistic. Looking forward to the third, fourth place <laughs> oh, yeah. playoff and the Listen, finals. Listen, you're sitting in the house as often as I am. With the golf season finished. <laughs> got to have some optimism. Yeah. I am optimistic for a very exciting game. Right. And but I think the French. I've just got a little bit. Too much. Are you as optimistic, Shaq? Um, I, I think it'll be, I, not for goals. I, I think it'll be a good final, but more tactical than one. That oh, goals no, this. not tactical. <laughs> Freaking negative people in this show. Fed good tactical. Good tactical. It's a oh, difference. It's never... You're a goalkeeper. <laughs> what do you know about a good tactical game? It's never a good tactical. Get back on your camels. Um, Get the camel uh, what stage will you take the dog for a walk, Stevie? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to imagine I won't be. I think this will be a good game. Oh. I do. Yeah. And I've gone for 2-2, two, two, I think. I, <clears throat> both defences, for me, are capable of, of, of giving opportunities. 
And, and with the forwards that both sides have got, you can't see them not taking them. So I think there's definitely goals in this. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Uris. I think, yes, I can't argue that he's been pretty great so far. Yep. But he's got a mistake in him. Right. So, yeah, I think there's goals. And I think I, think I will be sitting in front of the TV from the start to the finish. Well, the dog is going to have to find somebody else to take it for a walk. Oh, well, thank you for your dedication <laughs> yeah. to your, the cause. You're there. welcome. Lot, you're a trailblazer. You're very welcome. Much appreciated. Uh, we saw, of course, today uh, Infantino's last press conference uh, before the end of the World Cup, where he announced that in 2025 there will be a new Club World Cup that will take place. 32 teams. He didn't really outline what the format will be, but suggestions similar to the World Cup. We have eight groups of four that will then be whittled down to a knockout stage. Uh, Jan, do you like this idea? Well, I like the idea if there was like 200 other tournaments. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I would probably look at that. But I think to, tonight I like to be Infantino. I will, why don't we do 32 clubs, 32 national team, 64. We play 24-7 without <laughs> rest. They can play for two different teams. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, Jan got so excited. We lost his... Oh, yeah. we, no, on, Jan. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm so excited. There's too much energy here. But I, I can't believe that this is not done. And he has not talked to formally with the clubs, the players' organization, the big leagues. And so I'm not sure that we will see the birth of this uh, tournament. This Infantino guy, I mean, what can you say? So 2024 is going to be the, the, the Euros. Euros. 25 yeah. this. The, yes. Yeah. 25 this bogus plastic competition. Oh, you're not a fan? I know. <laughs> Uh, 2026 the World Cup and then it just rolls on and, and you know all the a lot of the big players not about this a lot of the big players have voiced their opinion over the last 18 months Kevin De Bruyne uh, the list goes on saying yeah. listen well, it's not a cattle market here what that one of the things this is is FIFA don't like the fact that UEFA have a very successful Champions League and blah 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 uh, yeah, I love the bit when on. he says teams are invited if I teams are invited I would uh, Oh, get it. See, that's oh, what I'd be like. like so, get it. Get it. Get it. See, he's even actually told you. Offended people. He's even actually told you why they're doing it because it's going to increase revenue. Well, he actually says it in his statement. Yeah. Instead of us all sitting here being cynical and saying it's all about the money, they're actually telling you they're doing it for the money. And what? I wait for the qualification. Wait for the qualification because shall I then do a program or qualification game in the middle of Champions League? What are they going to do? Are they going after revenues? Are they going after the investors? Are they doing this and doing that? That this is typical FIFA. It's not talked through. It's not thought through. It's nothing. It's just something you put in a press conference uh, <laughs> at the end of the World Cup. Thirty-two teams. Yes, from all over the world, competing to be oh, the best yeah. club in the world. When, right. Okay. The season finishes in 2025. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At what part of the summer are they having this? So when where's the World the Cup normally is. No, but where's the rest when you finish the season? Yes. And then you say, you know, if you're Ancelotti and Klopp and Guardiola and all these people managing around the Europe and the rest of the world, I don't, can't remember all the coaches. <laughs> Where are they here? Where are they going to play it? Where's the rest? Uh, Shaka, do you like this idea? Um, I like this idea more as a standalone tournament. I like it more than six teams playing 
once a year, which uh, I, you know, I, I don't make a, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of. Um, that being said, there's still far too many questions to answer around this. If it's every four years, who qualifies from which confederations over a four-year span? It, it's just, it, it just seems a little bit thrown together. Um, and again, in, in that same statement that Stevie's referencing, he's talking about uh, reducing the games in, in, in the calendar. Well, again, it takes away the Club World Cup from once a year to make it once every four years. I think it, it doesn't really do a good job of, of reducing the games overall. Good grief. People want a rest, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Who want a rest? You know, All right. Euros, World Cup. Speaking of rest, thank you very much, Shaka. Much appreciated. Uh, we'll catch up with you. Uh, are you going? Are you going to the match tomorrow, Shaq? I'm going to go speak to some Morocco fans right now, just to again further gauge how they're feeling. Right, beautiful. That's just, that's like Stevie watching the match. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Shaka. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere, uh, news today. We saw Fernando Santos, of course, uh, leaving as a Portugal coach. Um, what has been uh, noted is there's been nothing from Cristiano Ronaldo thanking his former manager for his tenure uh, as coach at Portugal. Uh, meanwhile, Jan, first time you've been on for a while, um, we see Fernando Santos leaving Portugal. Flick, though, still in charge at Germany. Uh, Bear of uh, Sack, though, what's going on there? Well, they found another way, and it's a very special German way. First of all, they had to fire someone, so they couldn't take Flick because he is a former Bayern, so they took their sport director or the head of sport, Oliver Bierhoff. They kicked him out, and then typically Germans again, they make two task forces. Task force number one, that is uh, with uh, Rummenigge Fuller, summer uh, it's uh, oliver khan it's oliver minsler for red bull uh, and then it's neudorf the president that is the external uh, uh, the task force they, they met up today and then they have an internal task force who's going to analyze everything that is philip lam is a part of that so they're going very into the analysis in germany but at the end of the day when the same people who has run Germany for 10 years are going to discuss what they're going to do in the next 10 years, I'm not very optimistic because they can't produce a number nine. Uh, that is not possible. They can't produce passion and will. I think that has to come from, from the players. But having said that, I think it was right to keep Hansi Flick. Uh, but being a fan of German football, as I am, I didn't like the analysis after the game because the only thing they said, well, we had 20 bad minutes against Japan. Okay, thank you for the analysis. Hello, task force. <laughs> um, what are these task force doing, Jan? What's the point? The point is they did the same in 2002. Before that World Cup, they were in a crisis and they put all the old great players you have to win the world cup in germany to be a part of that task force and then they put some others uh, in as well but it, it's quite funny because the last time they did this task force they decided why don't you rudy follow doing it and that was quite successful remember back in 2002 they surprisingly went all the way to the final losing against brazil the two goals of ronaldo and the first thing they have to do now is to set sit down to get a new sporting director because after 
Trolley will be of that job is vacant. And the favorite to take over is the CEO of Hertha Berlin, Freddy Bobic, the former international uh, German uh, football player, Freddy Bobic. Uh, uh, and that is the first thing they're going to do. And today was quite funny, I have to say, uh, because Oliver Kahn was flying in with his jet from Doha. And the first thing he did when he came to Germany, he, he fell down the stairs at the air <laughs> airport because it was so slippery. I, I thought that was quite funny. I think that kind of summarized German football at the moment. Oh, so oh, Oliver yeah. Bierhoff, sporting director at international <laughs> level, Jan, what, what does that entail? Yeah, it, what, it's, yeah it, it's, it's a good question because because he's more sporting director, a lot of sporting director, because he's been a CEO of sport in all kind of d departments there. But he's been there for 18 years. He's won the World Cup. It was very associated with Joachim Löw. But remember Hansi Flick, they say he's a new start, but he, he was the assistant coach at the National before he, he, he then came to Bayern and, and had different jobs at the uh, uh, association. So the, 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 the unbelievable thing has happened is that English football are at the moment developing more young talents than the Germans. Remember like 15 years ago, all talents came up from German footballs. So I'm not sure that the task force can develop those players before they have the Euro at home in a couple of years time. Uh, right, enough of this. Uh, let's talk about Manuel Neuer, shall we, Jan? Because it's the first time you've been on since, of course, he broke his leg skiing. Stevie was scathing, absolutely furious for the fact that he even put himself in this situation. Has that been mirrored in Germany as well? Oh, you believe that? I mean, unbelievable. First of all, it's tried to sell it that he was walking with his skies, skis. I, I, I'm from Norway. We actually use ski to go to job, but I've never heard someone walking on skis. So then they, so then they found out that he had been going on skis, which means that is a bit more level. And then I found out that he was going downhill. So that was the next part. And, and the, probably the boys have said the same, but, but in all these contracts we signed was like 200 pages all the time. I can remember I always had a, 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 a clause or a rule in my contract that I didn't have to do, couldn't do those kind of activities. I remember once I did it and I just told someone, if, if I get injured, you have to take me to a football ground somewhere. So I'm, 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 I'm training football. But that is unbelievable that a professional like Manuel Neuer can put himself in that, that kind of position. So it's, it's, it's really embarrassing and Bayern got a lot of tough decisions to be made now if, if they're going to buy a new keeper, if they're going to stay with Sven Ulreich, who is the goalkeeper, the number two, or they're going to take Nubel back, uh, who belongs to Bayern, but is now uh, in Monaco. So very embarrassing for Neuer, Bayern and the German national team. Uh, Jan, as always, uh, thank you very much. Just a reminder, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Uh, as we remind you that uh, Germany will be back a little bit later compared to other leagues. Their winter break uh, much longer. Uh, still, of course, no chance of Manuel Neuer returning in time. Uh, it's all about June 27th. Borussia Dortmund taking on Augsburg and Borussia Gladbach taking on Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Jan will be back in extra time. As always, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel. 
Sad news today is uh, Sinisa Mihailovic uh, passed away after a long fight with illness. Uh, of course, synonymous with the game in Italy. Uh, won Serie A as champion with both Inter and Lazio. And over 400 matches managed with seven different Italian sides. Uh, it's been incredible the outpouring that we've seen right across Italy and beyond for the Serbian international. Uh, this is what AC Milan uh, tweets out. Heaven has gained another legend. You will be sorely missed, Sinisa. Sinisa Mihailovic then passing away today at the age of 53. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Plenty of championship action then for you on ESPN Plus. Starts tomorrow. West Brom taking on Rotherham. Uh, Norwich against Blackburn. Early start on Sunday as Luton Town play host to Millwall. And then on Monday, it's Wigan against Sheffield United. Carabao Cup, would you believe, is back next week. It all starts on the 20th. What's the 20th? That's Tuesday, isn't it? We like some NK dancing on Leicester, Wolves, Gillingham, Newcastle. As if you know what day it is. Newcastle, Porter. Because I'm, I'm going on vacation on the 21st. That's where, oh, where are you going? Somewhere hot. My son's for Kimble. Oh, lovely. That'd be nice. Aye. Uh, Wednesday, Charlton, Brighton, Blackburn, Forest and United, Burnley. And then Thursday, big game for you and Michael to watch together. Uh, Manchester City against Liverpool. Uh, that is it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank, Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much to everyone who has been on. Uh, be sure to stay tuned <laughs> as Jan is back as we'll be answering your questions on Extra Time. FCX Time is brought to you by Globen. Hello and welcome into the studio. Stevie Nicol is with us, as is Craig Burley. Jan joins us as well. You were, you were late coming on the show today, Jan. What happened? Oh, I don't, I don't want to know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in Salzburg doing the bronze final tomorrow for, uh, for a channel here. And then we were on the plane and we were actually going to walk 18 yards but it was so dangerous for the passengers to walk those 18 yards. So we had to wait 20 minutes for a bus taking us 18 yards. Hello, Austria. Hello, Austria. I mean, what is wrong? Well, right, looking safety, after your personal safety. safety. You don't be like Oliver Kahn slipping over. Yep. I'm a Norwegian. I'm Norwegian. I walk next to ice bears every day. I mean, how can you walk up to need a bus for 18 yards walk? Didn't you break your wrist last year, though, falling over? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, maybe yeah. I knew. There maybe you go, you see, they're just looking after you. I mean, look, Stevie's going on vacation. It's exciting. Yeah, taking the sun lotion. <laughs> Down to, where was it? Philadelphia? Philadelphia, yeah. Ah. Beach, will you be able to get the uh, sun loungers? Exciting by it, Stevie. Oh, yeah. There you are. Can't wait. The dog going as well? Oh, I. The minute. Can't go anywhere with the dog. There you go. Uh, Jan, <laughs> when you watch the World Cup final on Sunday, do you long to see Norway make the next World Cup so the world can see Haaland perform on the biggest stage? I will say, ladies and gentlemen, that the Norwegian passport is the best passport you can have in the world, except when you're a football player. So oh. I wouldn't say that. We have, uh, we, used, we used to be in the World Cup back in the days when they had some great strikers like myself. But it's now we only have one great striker called Erling Haaland. We have a great midfielder called Martin Ødegaard. But the broader picture is not very, very positive. So uh, we'll see if Infantino will probably get 96 teams in uh, or something like that. So, but we will always stay op optimistic. And I hope for Erling Haaland and Martin Ødegaard, they can be among the best. Because it must be funny for Haaland now watching Alvarez scoring four goals. Uh, at the World Cup, and he's in a frost someone training. You need a task force like the Germans. Sort it all out, Jan. Mm. Yeah, we'll probably do a task force. I will probably <laughs> ask them to go there. I, I look forward to that. <laughs> Stevie, what standout player from the World Cup would you like to see join Liverpool? Amrabat was linked mm. with them before the tournament. Uh, Vardiol as well. I definitely Amrabat. Yep. Well, I think of Liverpool at the best. One in the Premier League, mm -hmm. one in the Champions League. They had three players in the middle of the park who just physically outran, outfought, outbeasted anybody that was put in front of them. And if there was a beast in this World Cup, it was it was this guy. Right. I mean, he caught he caught Mbappe. So you'd have Amrabat over Bellingham. I would have Amrabat. No, you wouldn't. No, he's not available. No, he wouldn't. Oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't, but right. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind having Amrabat, though. Oh, OK, there you go. Uh, Craig, how will the players adjust mentally from having to go from a World Cup back into a club season that's mid-season? Yeah. Don't know. This is scary. Yeah, we've never really seen it before, have we? I mean, we're, we're, we're yeah. in a little break and then back to pre-season. Yes. So then it's not back, you know. Yeah. I don't know. But you hit the ground running, don't you? Pretty Some, much. Most of them are back. Yeah. Just a little rally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that what's that? Where are they? <laughs> that way. That way. That's where they're back. I have a club you play for us that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be more difficult for the likes of the Moroccans and maybe yeah. if it, uh, it's just been a great World Cup. Sure. And then obviously Argentina and France, what do they do, the winners? Yeah. You're going to celebrate, aren't you? Of course. And your manager's on the phone, that's, that's on the phone. Right, that's on the phone. Yeah. Uh, he's on the blower, going, <laughs> hey, <laughs> right. back. And you're not answering that call. Oh. No, where do you want to be, Argentina well, celebrating or? Buenos Aires. Drizzly or... Burnley, or wherever it may be. <laughs> yeah, I did, Dan, I, I asked, I asked Lothar Mateus once, I asked him, after the 1990 World Cup, when you won it, you being the player of the tournament, how was it like to come back to training, the first training session, and he just looked at me, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I said, okay, you answer the question because I think the winners will have no problem to be back in a competitive game. 
For Jan, your favourite German player during the World Cup and your thoughts on Bundesliga disappointing? Well, first of all, the best one will be Musiala. I think he was brilliant. I think uh, if, if they went on for a couple of more rounds, he will be a, a contender for the, the team of the, of the tournament. I love him. Great player. Uh, but it's very disappointing for the Bundesliga. It's very disappointing for German football. They're not to be able to to develop a number nine, a number nine that we've seen been so important at this uh, World Cup. So there's a lack of personalities. And that's why the Germans have set up two task forces with all footballers. <laughs> so this is going to be great. <laughs> uh, Stevie, where does Olivier Giroud rank amongst the most underrated strikers of all time? Oh, he's got to be. After all, he's won the league in three countries and scored more goals than any Frenchman. And he could be picking up his second World Cup. Yeah. There's no question, underrated. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I'm guilty of that as well. He surprised you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does... He does... It. <laughs> it's going to be hard to say nice things about him. He does, a jo he does a particular job. Why do you find it so hard to be complimentary towards him? Well, because if you're going to pick a number nine... There's, there's a ton of number nines or centre-forwards you would pick before him. Right. But it's you can't you can't achieve what he's achieved without having a, a, a particular talent and being excellent at it. Ever since he scored that goal, with it, the flick, it, yes, the flick, he hated it. Yes, that's it. He's yeah, hated it ever since. <laughs> that's it's, not like, it's not like it's not like Giroud's on his own. We let people that he's dug a hole with. Yeah, I mean. It's a good job Lukaku never won the World Cup. <laughs> I, mean, I, think we're, I think we're on safe ground. I mean, my answer absolutely tells you how underrated he is, because I'm, I'm still struggling yeah, to be nice still to the guy. Oh, yeah, but, it's not, but you can't... How can you look at still be nice to him and he's underrated. <laughs> Listen to the gosh here. <laughs> uh, Jan, is he underrated? Yeah. Absolutely, uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not with Steve. I always liked him as a number nine, uh, but but he's been an understudy, and he won the World Cup without scoring goals, and you you get that kind of reputation. But I I went down to see him live when they played Salzburg at uh, San Siro Stadium, and he he was fantastic, and his presence out there is unbelievable as well. But we are talking about players like him. Benzema was underrated for some years as well, wasn't he? Mm. When he played an understudy for a Cristiano Ronaldo uh, and everything. So, but if he wins his second World Cup, it's going to be difficult for Stevie to say, not say some good about him. Well, talking about Benzema. Yes. He's the one that only scores tap-ins. <laughs> Stevie's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just something, something wrong with him tonight. It's, it's so I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, it, it's the, <laughs> he's taking my smile. He's jumping on the oh, back. He's jumping oh, in the smile. You're pants jumping pants on the back of him. What's up with you? You smart Alec. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's try another striker. <laughs> For Jan, if Mbappe wins his second World Cup on Sunday, is the competition between Mbappe and Haaland over before it's even started? Well, first of all, they have to be in the same competition. I mean, that is the first thing that mm. will happen. And uh, Erling Haaland will never win the World Cup. Uh, George Best and Ryan Giggs never played at the World Cup. So I don't think it should be only on that. But obviously, uh, as uh, uh, Julian was saying um, earlier in this program, 
if he's the youngest player then to win the World Cup twice after Pelé. So he's putting himself up there at an unbelievable level. But the problem is, of course, when you compare different players and different countries, I don't think that the World Cup should be decisive. His ego will be off the stratosphere. Oh, he got my goat. He got my goat up yesterday in the show, Julian. When uh, Julian Lorenz, when he said, "Oh, Deschamps," has, and I understand this. Deschamps has to work with it, but Mbappe basically refuses to track back. Right. He's above it. Now, if they win the World Cup and he continues, then fine. But I, I don't think any professional, no matter how good you are, is above going back and helping out your teammates. Big head. Big head. There we go. Big head. Yeah, and why, why don't Austria use former players from their own country instead of getting you in for these sort of games? Because I'm one of the best pundits around. Wow. Slim pickings it must be then in Scandinavia. That is it. Thank you very much. Uh, ESPN uh, FC. Dan, Dan, why are yes. you using three? Why are you guys do, using four foreigners today? What a question. What? You're unbelievable. <laughs> wait, can I remind you? Uh, <laughs> shall, we, shall we have a little game of geography? All right, go on then. You think Austria's in Scandinavia? Yeah, why not? No. no. Austria? I mean, Dan, did you really say that? I was traveling yes, today from Oslo to Frankfurt, from Frankfurt to Salzburg. I'm nearly an Italy man. Have a, I mean, have a big proudness of your knowledge. He went to university, allegedly. Apparently so. Yeah. Which yeah. university was that? Which university was that? Cornwall. Cornwall, baby, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we just got the intro. Oh, I'm going to Scandinavia. I'm going to Vienna. <laughs> that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. ESPN FC is back on uh, tomorrow. This is back tomorrow, but it's back every day. Why do you even say that? Well, because people might think, oh, when, when, when is it back? Oh, tomorrow, thank goodness. There you are. So there, I'm answering the question for the It says available daily. Well, people might be listening on the podcast. Can't read that, can they? Smarty pants. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.